party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined by Rick Dean of Secret Orbit Studios for a game of the Atom of Your Labors. The Atom of Your Labors is a game about creatures and their creators, inspired by stories like Frankenstein, the Golem, and other things that came to life and became living through the actions of one driven individual. It sort of brilliantly evokes that sort of emotional experience, that deep relationship between creature and creator. I think it's a really cool game, and I can't wait for you to hear it. I'm super, super happy with how this game turned out. The Atom of Your Labors is one of the games featured in the UNI role-playing games for two anthology, which you can find on DriveThruRPG, and a link to which can be found in the show notes. All of these are awesome two-player games designed by a variety of cool designers. It's great, and I cannot recommend enough that you check it out. Before we dive in, I do have one brief but very exciting announcement. Party of One is once again taking part in the Philadelphia Podcast Festival this summer. Uh, we will be at Tattooed Moms, my favorite bar in Philadelphia, on July 20th at 5.30 p.m. I could not be more excited. You'll have more information in the weeks to come about, like, guests and games and all that stuff. But I wanted to put out there, you should really plan on being in Philadelphia on July 20th. It's a Saturday, 5.30. We're sharing the stage with Everything is Awesome, as well as a bunch of other really cool podcasts. I can't wait. It is one of my favorite events of the year, and I really hope that you can join us, hang out, have a drink, alcoholic or otherwise, and just, you know, have a great time listening to some cool live podcasts. It's going to be a ton of fun. You can also find more information about the Philly Podfest in the show notes below. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Rick Dean. Rick, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment and introduce the game that we're playing this week, where our listeners can find it, as well as anything else you've gotten going on that you might want them to know about. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, The Atom of Your Labors is what we'll be playing tonight. Uh, it is a game that I co-designed with my wife and design partner, Amber Dean. Uh, we are Secret Orbit Studios. You can find us on Twitter, at Secret Orbit. Um, yeah, so we designed this game for an anthology of two-player games that came out uh, late last year called You and I. It's got a lot of amazing designers, a lot of amazing games in there. You can find it on DriveThruRPG. Uh, just search for you and I. Yeah, we've got um, our Arabelle on there. We've got Ash Cheshire. We've got Lucian Khan. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of really cool designers, a lot of cool games, covering a huge mm -hmm. gamut of uh, two-player experiences. It's an incredible anthology. I know some of the proceeds are going to charity. It is. I cannot recommend the anthology enough. It is a great collection of games through all different genres and styles. It, I, it's real good. Appreciate that. Yeah, we are honored to be a part of it. Absolutely. So, uh, with all that said, tell me a little bit about the premise of Adam of Your Labors, and then let's go ahead and dive in. Yeah, so Adam of Your Labors is the story of a scientist and a creature that they just created, and they try to figure each other out and interact in interesting ways. So, um, yeah, the creature just gained sentience moments before the game begins, each creature has its own kind of fledgling supernatural powers that it's going to start exercising. And then the scientist has certain kinds of tendencies that they'll also sort of be bound to as they go. But mostly the game is just trying to like figure each other out and like navigate this like very strange situation that both of them find themselves in. Yeah, it's a really it's a it's a it's a it's a good it's a good premise. I'm very excited about it. So uh, setting up the first thing that we want to do is we want to go over time and place and sort of figure out what the situation is, and then we'll kind of go into our characters and figure out 
who is playing the scientist, who is playing the creature, and what the type of scientist and creature are. Do you have any hard ideas about time and place setting where you want the story to be set? You know, I've played the game enough in all of the different things. I would be so overjoyed if you chose the things that made you most excited. Hmm. I like the idea of it being sort of modern or like day after tomorrow-ish. Sure, sure. I think that's kind of where I want to go. I like, I, it's, I like there's, the seed that is in the book is present day in a college town and living in a college town and kind of having lived in college towns my entire adult life. <laughs> I kind of like that atmosphere of like very old, I'm picturing kind of very, something between, so here's what I'm picturing is cool. sort of a, the colleges that I have lived around my entire life, Ohio State, the University of Pennsylvania, are all kind mm -hmm. of half very like old prestigious, you know, history been here for hundreds of years and half like cutting edge laboratories and that sort of clashing uh, decor and, and sort of clashing oh, yeah. aesthetic is, yeah. I think, the kind of aesthetic that I, I'm interested in. Cool. Yeah, I think that sounds great. I love, I love it. Um, do you want to hammer it down to, like, a specific town and college, or is it just kind of like that sort of thing in a nebulous America world? Uh, we can kind of keep it nebulous, I think. I think that we'll call it... What's a good, what's a good generic college name? Generic college name um, could be, what about like Ralph Waldo Emerson College or something like that? Ralph Waldo like Emerson that. College is good. I like Emerson. Cool. I like Emerson University is a good, is a good one. Awesome. And so we're, so yeah, we're in this college. It is a lot of very old, very like uh, stark looking old buildings and then like cutting brand new modern and they, they, they made no effort to make those things look like blend in together. Right, right. Yeah, and I think I think even like some buildings are like both. Like you'll have one that was built, and then like the extra wing attached to it yeah. is the complete opposite. Like it's not it, not even like next door buildings, but like the within one building itself. I love it. So, who want, do you want to play the creature or the scientist? Do you have a preference? I would similarly love for you to choose what was exciting to you. I think I want to play the scientist. Specifically, there's a, there's a scientist here that I really like that I think is I think I want to go with. Good, good. I'm glad you read ahead and, and seen that because I think that th those are really designed to be the hooks, like the, those, those yeah. little different scientist things. I think everyone can find themselves or some version of themselves within the creature and scientist types that are in there. So if one resonates with you, we should definitely follow that. Yeah, I'm going to go with the rogue tinkerer whose tools are nice. homemade and repurposed and whose trusted information is data in support of paranoias. Right, right. Yeah, so um, yeah. So each, each, each type, for the listeners, each type of scientist and each type of creature has certain things that are like kind of locked in about their character and then you kind of build it from there. So yeah, the rogue tinkerer is um, homemade and repurposed tools and then all the only information that they really trust whenever they're doing their experiments is data that supports what they're already paranoid and are already convinced of. Yeah, I like I like that a lot, especially because I, I, I feel like it adds a little bit of like menace to the scientist, which I think is a good place to be. OK, cool. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, cool. Maybe I'll pick a creature type and then we can uh, yeah, read aloud the full descriptions of the different types and then kind of flesh them out. I think I want to do. I think the one that I've seen played the least is the biotech hybrid. 
Um, okay. So I'm gonna I'm sure. just gonna try that. I've never actually played that one before myself. So I'm gonna just like dive off the deep end and and try that one out. Yeah. Why not? So tell me about the biotech hybrid. The quick rundown is each creature has a special ability and a sensitivity. So um, the biotech hybrid has a tech interface special ability and a sensitivity to electricity. Mm. Yeah, uh, maybe we can go ahead and dive into like the longer explanations of each one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the biotech hybrid um, explanation says this. Biology and electronics have merged to create whatever you are. You decide what kind of technological mechanisms and living tissue have amalgamated to make your existence possible, but you must rely on both components for your existence to continue. If either the biological or technological facets fail, your life ends. Specifically, your brain exists entirely in either the bio or tech realm, and your motor functions are carried out on the other part. You decide which. Special ability is tech interface. You have a consciousness that bridges the organic and the mechanical, the analog and the digital. Because of this, you can interface with pieces of technology in ways no solely biological or mechanical being can. You gain this ability only moments before the game begins, so you will not be very precise or skilled with it, and when you use it, you might be be easily confused or make your own tissues and components vulnerable in the process. Mm. Uh, My sensitivity is electricity. Any fluctuation in electromagnetic waves or electrical currents is immediately perceptible to me and is impossible to ignore. The way that I detect these shifts is similar to how a biological organism senses smell or taste, and some may be very appealing to you and others utterly foul. Cool. So um, I'm imagining for kind of how this plays out, I know that um, the brain exists in one realm and the and the body in another. So I think I like the idea of the... I think I like the brain being being electrical and the body being organic. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I would imagine, I would imagine sort of like the brain is sort of spread out throughout the biology thing. Like it's, it's sort of like, unlike most beings that we have where it's like centralized brain in one spot yeah. and then a body is kind of like most of the other attachments, the brain kind of like is embedded throughout the entire organism. So rather okay. than being like, a central node it's like a distributed network of of electrical things kind of spread out through this biological tissue and the the biological body is going to be um i think it will be sort of like just a like a flat uh, almost like a disc but like comes to like a few sort of points around the edge kind of like a starfish i guess like a okay. yeah. like a very subtly shaped starfish and like uh, mostly flat um, and with kind of distributed brains, uh, throughout and maybe some little, some little like electronic, uh, things poking out of the body as sort of like sensing organs, like little antenna or little something kind of poking out, uh, into the air from the, the organic part. I dig that. I dig that a lot. I think that's very cool. Cool. Um, yeah. And then let's see. So yeah, I'm, my physical features, size, shape, color, appendages. Um, I think I am maybe like about the size of a laptop. Okay. And uh, my color is, I think my color is sort of a grayish green and okay. 
and the I'm imagining now more and more that like the rather than it being like a single like a few just like pointy antennas that like there's it's almost like a hair that comes out of me there's like sure um, tons and tons and tons of them going around and, and like if you from far away it would look like natural hair but up close you can tell it's it's sort of synthetic and like you know like a fiber optic cable or like a thin like plastic metally kind of uh tendrils that look kind of hair like so I'm kind of covered in in that mostly, but the underside of me is is just uh, there's no hair, it's just kind of a fleshy material. Um, and I think at first my behavior um, is just a little bit twitchy, uh, and I can kind of scoot around a little bit within my like little containment. I imagine myself being kind of in a little bit of like a um, Nothing with like, there's no like cover or lid over it, but there are just like walls around me that I can't like quite get around. Um, and uh, I can kind of like twitchily scoot around in there um, in a kind of a clumsy way. Uh, and then the last question on my character is, uh, what's the first thing that I feel or perceive upon gaining sentience? And how do I display this impression physically? So I think the first thing that I feel um, is... Uh, we're in a lab. In the next lab over, they're doing experiments about uh, how how cell phone signals affect different things of all types. So they have just like a bunch of different things in there, like you know, people and organic materials and all kinds of different things. And they're just like doing text messages, phone calls, uh, downloading, uploading data all around these things to just like. Uh, see, measure the effect, see if it has any effect on the, uh, uh, on those things. And so like I wake up to just a roar of, of electronic noise. It's just like really, really intense. Like there's like one wall of the, our lab that, that shares with that lab. And like, there's just like, it, 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 it's, it's, it's muffled because of that wall, but I, there's just kind of like a dull roar. And I feel like drawn towards the other side. I try to get it as far away from that as possible. And that's just kind of the first thing I do is just trying to hear that and try to get sort of farther from it. Cause it's just too intense and too confused. I dig it. Cool. And that's it for me. All right. I am, I am the rogue. Tin- I am the rogue tinkerer. I am fed up with the established scientific community and have struck out on my own to do work separate from the confines of the conformity machine of academia. I have some formal training and mostly self-taught. I do not trust people, especially other scientists, and tend to have radical views on things. I work alone in my lab, which is a converted structure of some kind that was not intended to be a science lab. I work tirelessly to prove everyone to prove to everyone how right I have been all along. I travel between my home and my laboratory in a vehicle of my own design that is in constant need of repair. So, I am working in uh, the back pantry of, like, one of the cat, like, uh, campus restaurants. <laughs> I am working, it is, um, it is very, like, dingy and broken and, like, old and dirty. And <laughs> I am also... Let's see. I my vehicle is sort of a kind of a like it's a, it's a car. It's supposed to be like an experimental electric car, but it ends up being sort of more like a like a moped ATV type situation. 
sort of like a Great, smart, like a four wheeler kind of. Yeah, like a, like a four wheeler mixed with like a smart orb. So it's kind of got that weird orb, like orb cab, like round circular cab. It's a very odd looking car. As I drive, right. and I'm driving it, I have to pedal it sometimes. Sometimes it goes way too fast, <laughs> but it is very like it is very tech bro on a budget. Got it. Got it. Uh, my tools are homemade and repurposed. Over the years, I've cobbled together the necessary instruments and tools to do the work I need. Some are purchased secondhand from surplus sales. Others are stolen from over-equipped, over-funded labs in the area. Others are not meant to be scientific instruments at all, but I use them as such. My trusted information is data in support of my paranoias. I will not rest until once and for all the truth about the... Is, uh, I will not rest until I prove once and for all the truth about the radical things I have suspected. I am very skilled at sweeping aside generally accepted explanations of things and arriving at the real explanation, which absolutely confirms the suspicions that I have been harboring. So, my questions are... Um, name and physical appearance. My name is... Uh, Hex Hogarth. <laughs> Hex, uh, pronouns he, his, is, think a very, like, weathered and, like, haggard, um, tech bro. Okay, okay. So, like, a, like, a polo shirt, um, and a polo shirt and a lab coat, and, like, very thin glasses, maybe they're, like, Google, they're, like, Google frames, but they are their actual Google frames, which considering they haven't been a thing in several years, <laughs> they're not in the best condition. And and has Hex kind of like hacked these to with his own software because he wouldn't trust Google to like run his yeah. his own yeah yeah I don't think so. I don't I don't I don't need I don't need them seeing what I see. Only exactly. I can see what I see. Exactly, and I'm sure your software is airtight, no bugs. Oh, sure, works perfectly every time. For sure. I've tested yeah. it as many as six times. It's fine. <laughs> um, my, like I said, my my lab is the back room of a now closed down like campus eatery. Okay. And why are they cool with that? Why are they cool with you using this this space as their lab? Um, I think par- I think it is largely that. I think it is largely that because the space is closed, I've been, I work as like maybe I work as a groundskeeper. And so oh, I just had okay, the, so, I just had yeah. the key. Far out, so they don't even know maybe that you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, you're. To- oh, that's awesome. That's perfect. They, they've just kind of decided, like they just kind of have never really gone back into this space after they shut it down. <laughs> so I figured I'd move in. I I figured I'd set up shop. That's awesome. That's perfect. I love it. So. um... That's my lab space. It is cramped. There is still, like, cooking equipment and kitchen equipment around. A lot of that has been converted into lab equipment. Oh, yeah. Um, and a lot of... And it's a lot of, like... A lot of my gear is either converted kitchen gear into lab equipment, or it is stuff that I bought on, like, shady Kickstarters and Indiegogos. Gotcha. So it's a lot of like this gadget's going to this gadget's going to like read your aura waves and predict if you're going to have a happy <laughs> life. And I'm like, this is nonsense. That you this person has no idea what they're talking about. Obviously this yeah. device actually does this, and I'm I'm right, certain right, that right. I know it better than they do. Right, right. And lastly, what branch of science or pseudoscience do I practice? I am a 
I think if you are going to be biotech hybrid, I think I am a biotech researcher. Cool, that makes sense. And I think I think that like I kind of floated between like three or four different uh, majors. You know, click all kind of in my own professing myself as a biotech student. I floated between bi- biology and engineering and a million other things. And now I'm sort of a now I'm sort of just like I have a lot of credits, but like I have not yet declared a major. <laughs> cool. Cool. So you're still like in the you're, are you still like enrolled in a program and like actively getting a degree? Did you drop out? I think I'm actively enrolled. I think I'm like a six year student without a major. Got it. Got it. Because I keep insisting that I'm going to find the thing that like my drive and every time I like I keep insisting and I haven't yet and yet and secretly it's because I know that my work is more important. I don't right. want to be Cajun and I don't trust them to tell me what I can do with my science. I'm yeah, going to be the one to figure that out. Absolutely. So each of our, each of us has four final actions uh, listed for the scientist that is rouse, embrace, submit, and release. And for the creature that is transcend, commune, dominate, and escape. We are going to write these on a piece of paper. And over the course of the game, we are going to uh, narrow these options down scene by scene until we come to our climax and choose which one we want to go with. Yep. So take a moment, write down your four, your four verbs. And then I believe we play out our first scene. There's one final question that I'm dying to know from your character, which is um, what experiment were you conducting that caused this creature to gain sentience? I think I was using the fact that they were testing these cell phone signals next door. And I was like trying to essentially create some form of like using those cell phone signals and like trying to basically like convert them in, into a way to create some sort of like physically like transmogrifying like act like thing. Ooh, cool. And it blasted something it was not supposed to blast. And now there's a living, like a living organism, which means that obviously, I mean, obviously it means that I was successful, right? Because it, right. I created a thing. That means that I was right. That means that my suspicions were correct. <laughs> But yep. also now I'm faced with this living thing that, like, I do not know how to approach. Right, right. And, like, I'm let, let me know if this is on target with what you're imagining. But I'm thinking, like, the device that you use, like, the metaphor in my mind is there's this, like, total chaos of of signals coming through. And then you have, you kind of created some device that sort of, like, prismatically focused that energy and then, yep. like, beamed it into the thing and it kind of awakened from that state it's like animated by like cell phone traffic yeah and like, like a focused beam or something yeah it's a, you're, we're exactly on the same page and i think that's kind of exactly where we're at i think that's our that's our opening is that this has just happened and we're just kind of like facing each other <laughs> so with all that said, let's go ahead and dive in. We've got four scenes we're going to play out. Each scene takes about five minutes, though. If we embellish a little bit, that's fine. Right, right. And so, uh, let's start with scene one. Act one, in the lab. Our first, uh, sorry, we have four acts. Each act should take about, each act is made up of two scenes. Each scene takes about five minutes. Yeah. Act one, in the lab. Creature and scientist make first contact. 
Scene one. Moments after you've come to life, you are scrambling to get away from these cell phone signals. And on my turn, I am grabbing at what was a, um, it was, it's a converted soldering iron on a Uh boom, on like a microphone boom arm. Oh, cool. And I'm trying to basically like spray a little bit of heat to try and like get you to stop moving around so that I can like, I can actually like get close, just kind of being like, "Eh, stop moving, stop moving. And just kind of like, you know, zapping, doing little zaps to try and get you to like move around, like move, stay in one place. Okay, cool, cool. Like I'm, I'm kind of being too twitchy and unpredictable and weird. And you want to try to kind of like get me sort of contained and chilled out. Yeah. So yeah, I think very twitchy is how you could describe my movements. Um, like there, there are times where like it'll be like a full convulsion and I'll like flip completely over and then like have to like wriggle and try to like squirm against the side of the thing to flip back over again. And so I'm just like going nuts. Um, and like the soldering iron is like a strange, strange stimulus to me because, you know, in one way it's like very pointedly directed at me, uh, which feels threatening in a way, but, um, so I kind of initially sort of recoil and and back away from it, but it's such a pure like tone. Like think about like the chaos of like all of the like EM waves against the wall and like the roar of that. This is just like electricity coming through the wall, vibrating through that cord, heating up that tip. Like that's all that's happening. And so it has this kind of like um, it has this kind of inviting comforting quality because it has that fine that fine kind of Mm -hmm. smooth that smooth feeling and so it's it's initially i kind of like twitch and and back away from it but then i find myself like uh able to kind of focus on that more and you can see the my little tendril hairs kind of like perking and like leaning themselves toward that like antennas and Mm -hmm. um sort of zeroing in on that and then like the twitch is sort of subside and so i'm kind of like moving in more more smooth controlled motions now and and staying staying mostly put and kind of just like undulating a little bit and and feeling those electronic vibrations from the soldering iron and um i i watch you kind of like i watch your movements calm down and i start to move the soldering iron very slowly Mm -hmm. like i start to pull it away from you ever so slowly as i try to like in my mind you know, you slowing down, you calming down, excuse me, you calming down has affirmed to me that, like, I'm doing the right thing by, like, holding, that, like, this is, this is calm, this is, you have calmed down and you are in one place. So I start to pull it away. Mm. Like, I start to move it away from you and what happens then? Are you pulling it toward the wall with the, with the loud, uh, with the, like, EM signals or is it a different wall? I think it's back towards a different wall. Okay, cool. Um, I think I I initially stay in one place and just like as you pull it away, I, I like I'm still they're undulating and then as you move it, all of my hairs just slowly follow it at first, and then until they're until they're all like just at a hard hard diagonal, almost flat, and then you see me kind of do this new sort of motion that I haven't done before. It's like a it's like the first coordinated motion that you've seen me do, where like a couple of my arms move at the same time and scoot up like an inchworm and then 
swish back out again and then head back towards it. So I follow, I follow the trail that you're leading me. Cool. 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 And so I think, uh, once I kind of see you starting to actively move, I glance at the wall with like sharing a wall with the cell phone experiment. And I slowly start to move the soldering iron towards that wall as I reach for like the, uh, the device, this sort of retrofitted microwave that was being my sort of cell phone radiation <laughs> prism. Cause I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to like, I, if it's going to, it either, I'm either going to kill you right now. Or I'm going to bring you to the next level of whatever your power is. Either right. way, either way, this it, it's what has to happen now. You either have right. to grow and be fed, which seems to be with this, this cell phone radiation, or you have to die. So right. I'm going to slowly try to... And, and So what happens is I start to slowly move you towards where that cell phone radiation was coming from. Uh, so is the, is the microwave prism thing is it powered on right now or is it off or is it in like standby mode or is there some in between state uh i think it's off right now and i have to i have to like turn i'm gonna have to turn it on okay um so i think i continue to follow the soldering iron up to a point and then you see me become more and more hesitant as you go closer and closer to that wall um Mm -hmm. And, uh, eventually I, um, I start to kind of like, I stop moving, but I kind of curl the part of me that's the farthest from the soldering iron and like lift up those arms and like all the hairs are still pointing straight at it. But there's, there's a, a point at which I don't go any further. It, it kind of, mm-hmm. I, I, you can tell, like, I kind of bristle at, at getting too close to that one wall. And I, I'm watching your hair move. And I, I, I see you, and I, so I kind of, like, I slowly reach for, like, the dial and the, the switches to turn on my, like, radiation machine. Mm-hmm. And I watch you, like, I watch your reaction, and I'm holding the soldering iron, and I'm watching your hairs move to the soldering iron, I'm watching you pull away from the machine, and I stop, and I put the soldering iron away, and I sit, and I pull out... I pull out a uh, a personal recorder, like a tape oh, okay. recorder, uh-huh. an MP an MP3 recorder, and okay. I flick it and I flick it on and I just hold it near you, hmm. just to see what happens. Because I think I've started to figure out what I think I've started to figure out the commonality between all of these things. So I've just grabbed the first device I know that like runs on electricity just to see <laughs> if you react to it. Right. Or even more so if you interact with, if, if it, if it captures, if it picks up something. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I think it, you shut down the soldering iron, the hairs kind of like go back to sort of like a, a loose sort of upward direction. You bring in the tape recorder or the MP3 recorder and flick it on and there's one little startled jump that I give it kind of like one twitch and then I settle and then I, I move towards it and I get as close as I can to the microphone of it. And I start, um, rubbing some of my hairs together and making this sort of high pitched, uh, 
it sounds like like metal on glass, like really high pitched kind of screech. Not not a screech. I mean, it's it's very quiet, so I don't think it would be like a harsh like nails on chalkboard sound. But it's mm-hmm. very high pitched and like kind of like a very clean, pure sort of vibration. And I'm kind of like making a few different tones toward the microphone of the thing. Yeah, I like it. I like that a lot. And I think that's where our scene ends because I think I'm studying. Like I see this, and I think that's where we. I think that's where the scene ends. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think um, the the ending condition is I'm demo- I, I should demonstrate my special ability. So like maybe like as a final end cap on the scene, I will um, start kind of like recording, or I'll be I'll be like making those little sounds, and then all of a sudden you realize that like the recorder is stopped and then rewound, and then it's playing itself back while recording again, and I'm like playing some different sounds, and you realize that I'm like. I've actually taken control of your of your MP3 recorder and I'm like overdubbing myself on a few different layers of this thing. Like I've I've figured out like what this device is for and I'm like manipulating it in ways to like make something and and communicate with you. And my eyes just go wide and I look at you and I look at the recorder and I look at you and I look at the recorder and we head into scene 2. Yep. Scene 2. Uh on the on uh scene 2 on your turn. You are going to use your special ability, explore the lab, and damage something in the lab. I am going to observe your exploration, try to influence your behavior, and use my instruments to gather data. Sweet. Okay. So, um, yeah. So now, now that I've kind of like gained control of something and I'm manipulating it, um, I I start to kind of pick up on some of the other devices that are around, and and initially, I was really only aware of devices that were like powered on and like obviously near me, but I'm now able to kind of like pick up even powered down things and see those, those things are like around me as well. Um, and the next thing that feels like a, that I could affect and, and kind of grabs my attention is your cell phone that's in your pocket. Um, mm-hmm. and I, cause, because that's kind of what originally animated me. I'm kind of drawn to that, that thing. It's like, I can tell it's sort of like a component of, the thing that kind of like zapped me awake and that's coming from that other room. So, um, I think, uh, your, your MP3 player, like I've stopped recording sounds on your MP3 player and it's just now playing this like very strange, like amalgamation of noises that I've overdubbed myself on it. Um, and it's just kind of like playing that on a loop and, um, are you still holding that or have you like set it down or what have have you done with that? I think I'm still holding it, and I think I see you kind of going for my pocket, and I pull out the phone, mm-hmm. and I just kind of hold it in front of you, okay. and sort of move it from side to side, and like I, I I start I load up a new track on the MP3 player, and I just uh-huh. start like mumbling into it, like oh cool cell phone signal. Oh let's cool. See, let's see what happens. Cool. Um, so I think uh, I think your uh, the first thing you notice is that your uh, your signal strength, your bars on your on your phone are kind of like going up and down. Um, they're kind of like jumping up and then being gone and then jumping up and being gone. Uh, and then they start kind of like pulsing a little bit and your screen, uh, your screen gets really, 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 really bright uh, just for a moment and then stops. And then like uh, when you, we try to look at it again, like a bunch of areas of it are like the pixels are kind of burned out. So like you only have like, maybe like 70% of your pixels are still 
active and your phone screen's kind of fucked up from that kind of mm-hmm. overload of, of white. And I see this and I, I'm like, seems capable of overloading technology, seems capable of destroying tech. Okay. All right. Let's try something a little more complicated. And I, I reach for, I reach for like a Tesla coil that I bought from a, from a student video set that (laughs) I have rigged, that I've rigged into like a radio receiver and I flip, I flick it on and it starts, it starts like playing music and I just sit back and I'm like, what happens when it's a larger device? What happens when it's a more prominent thing? Cool. And so the, it's attached to a radio in that, like when you turn on the music is the, are the the arcs in the Tesla coil kind of responding yeah. to the waveforms of the music and like yes. moving in rhythm and stuff like that. Okay, cool, cool. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I take great interest in that. I think, uh, when that, when that pops on, like you hear, you see me like almost like stand up on end, like, like the whole like, part of me like curves up like a big, like radar dish and like, just like imagine like the way that a dog like hears something and does like a kind of like head lift kind of thing. Like that's mm-hmm. totally what I do. I just like curl up like and and as like a as like a like a little radio dish points right at it. Um and I start sort of uh moving along along with the the music and moving with the the arcs of the electricity. Um and then I, I also start like fine tuning the frequencies inside. So like the, um, the radio station kind of like will waver in and out of like being on a, a real station and it'll kind of bring in some weird noise that makes the electricity do a weird thing. And then I'll kind of fade back into like a musical thing. Um, and I'll do that a little bit and also like somehow vary some of the power inside of the, the Tesla coil. So like the arcs will become like really big and then they'll get really small and really big and really small. And then they start like changing colors a little bit. Um, and, uh, I start kind of like doing this faster and faster and you can see my body like moving faster and faster. Um, and eventually like I hit this one radio frequency that's just like, a, uh, it's like a test pattern kind of like single tone kind of thing. And the arc of the Tesla coil just like, uh, thickens and like bursts the whole top of the Tesla coil off and glass shatters and flies everywhere. Controls technology, destroys technology, manipulates, communicates through technology. Okay. All right. Let's. Okay. So final test, most important test. It's learn. It's, it's learning its abilities. It can communicate. It can manipulate. It can destroy. Let's go back to the start and see what happens when it encounters the thing that it's afraid of. How's it going to react to being afraid now that it's got the full scope of its ability? And I'm going to mm-hmm. pull that lever, switch on my prismatic my prismatic cell phone radiation converter and just see what it does. All right. So I think the first the first motion is like I was curled up as a dish tor- pointed towards this thing. Um, that zapped and glass broke and, uh, I sort of flopped back down onto my fleshy side after that happened. Um, and then, uh, 
I've been kind of just sitting there, and once you switch on the the prismatic uh, isolator device, my whole body just uh, arcs in a dome. Like if you imagine, like just like sticking an electrical like uh, contact onto me, and I was being electrocuted. It was just like huge tension and like arcing, like, like arching my back and arching my, all my legs. And so I'm just kind of like, uh, and all my little hairs are just like wiggling like crazy. Um, and, uh, then I think you also kind of like, you notice that like, um, are there any kind of indicator lights or a screen or any kind of like display or anything on this device that you have? I think so. I think there's like level readers and scopes and all that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. So um, there's sort of like a, a normal range that those are usually in when you're when you're operating it, and you see them start to kind of like drift in like strange ways, and like um, they're they're like moving on their own in ways that you that you wouldn't that it shouldn't do on its own, um, and it gradually gets to this like different point where like certain meters are like totally maxed out that like should break it, but for some reason aren't. And then other ones are like almost totally gone. Um, but they they should be like more at like half power, but like for some reason it's still working. Um, and I think they're kind of like drifting together. And I think I've, I've like, I think I've figured out a ways to kind of like within the prism, like isolate the different, frequencies within that and like maybe not individual signals but like individual types of signals so like i can sort of tune into like what a text message signal sounds like and what a phone call signal sounds like and what like a image download sounds like and so i'm kind of like exploring within that and you and like as i do that i kind of like settle back down and i don't have that like tension anymore and i I can my body is kind of just like undulating slightly and like hairs will occasionally kind of twitch in different directions um, and, uh, while that happens, uh, you hear this like pop sound from uh-huh. behind that wall and then you hear another pop sound and then you hear people kind of like jumping up and scooting and shouting. Um, and it becomes obvious that like all the cell phones that they have over there they're using for testing are like exploding and, uh, your phone in your, in your pocket starts to heat up. And I shut off the device in a hurry like in a panic, I immediately shut off the thing and I just stop and I look and I'm like, you are spectacularly more powerful than I could have possibly imagined. It, you, this is, this is going to change everything. This is going to, this is what I have been working towards this entire time. You Controls electron controls electronics controls technology destroys electronic can de- destroy technology can this is amazing and and I, I hear them shouting in the next room and I'm like it's not safe here you you, you your skills hmm. must be to- I must teach your skills have to be harnessed they can't just be it was wrong to experiment on a thing as beautiful and powerful as you, (laughs) this is going to be a beautiful partnership. (laughs) And that is the end of our scene. Okay, cool. And then, um, 
That one asks... Oh yeah, so, so the, the conclusion that you're coming to is that we're going to be a beautiful partnership. That's kind of like the what yes. you're saying on that one. Got it. Or okay, that cool. you're going, or that you're going to be my big break, and that I, I'm going to <laughs> that I'm going to use you. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. So now we are going to each cross off one of our final actions in secret. Uh, we are going to secretly cross off one of our final actions from our list of possibilities as we head into Act Two. Home and feeding. The scientist brings the creature home and tries to feed it. I cannot wait to find out what you're going to try to feed me. Um, as I think the scene opens, we're driving, and I'm muttering all of this as we're in the car. And what I am feeding you is I am, like, flicking on the radio. I am turning on devices. I'm hitting mm. the Bluetooth on and off and on and off. And, like, every time I do, it causes the car to shudder a little bit. Like, it's going to break <laughs> down. But I'm, like... I'm just trying different things. I'm trying the radio. I'm trying a CD. I'm trying the cigarette. I'm, I'm turning the cigarette lighter in the car on. I'm turning the air conditioner on. I'm turning the air conditioner off. I'm turning the heater on. And it's just so you control technology. You devour technology. You speak through technology. Uh, help me understand. Help me understand how we can, how I can use, how we can use, how you can use your gifts Help me understand what it is you need so that I can give you what you need so that you can give me what I need. Yeah, and I think at least initially, uh, what are you transporting me in? Let me ask that first. Uh, I think you're just crawl. I think you're just crawling around like the open area of the car. Oh, cool. I'm just like just chilling in the backseat. Just okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think I'm just like, very much curled up in a corner um, with I've got most of my my I got most of my body kind of curled up on itself and most of my hair is just pointing inward and it's like kind of like trembling and twitching a little bit because um, I mean you're doing all this stuff inside of the car but at the same time we're like going by traffic lights and passing by radio towers and electrical power stations and like God knows what else like flying through the air um, and it's just like so intense and i'm just kind of like in the corner twitching okay okay too much too much okay too much you need to learn to focus i need uh, that's that's what i can teach you i'm very good at being focused <laughs> and as i'm driving the rest of the way home i i'm like I, I turn on one one thing i turn on bluetooth the car shutters <laughs> when you want something some some one thing, some one perfect important thing. You let nothing. You let no one. You let nothing stand in your way. You take it and you hold on to it and you push through. That voice that is in your head saying stop, you do not listen to that voice. You take it and you seize it. Now seize the signal and feed. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think uh, I start to loosen up a little bit. That's uh, where I'm not curled up in quite as tight of a ball. And um, the hairs that I have are sort of like a little bit pointed more towards the dash of your car. And there are still times where we like, um, you know, drive past another car or if we um, drive past like there's like a radio station that you drive past, like certain times like I still like kind of twitch and ball up again. Um, but then in mm -hmm. times where it's relatively, you know, 
pastoral where we are, um, I'll start to kind of like unravel a little bit and and listen in on that on that Bluetooth signal a little bit and sort of just not 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 doing anything with it yet, just kind of like focusing on it and it's kind of calming me a little bit. Wonderful, wonderful, and I, I kind of keep this up until we get to my apartment. My apartment is uh, above the campus bowling alley. <laughs> Uh, it is it is a one bedroom apartment that is a primarily a secondary like research lab. Oh, cool! But is also like a library and is also a collect like a gallery of collectibles and is just whatever, whatever, whatever I got. You know, it's 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 a little it's a little bit of a mess. But I bring you in and I'm like, okay, it's time to find what you need and it's time to show you how to focus and how to take those things. Yeah. And so we enter into scene two. I'm going to narrate how I attempt to feed you. And I think I am attempting to feed you more of these like sig, like I'm, I'm flicking on like the, I think the first thing I do is I flick on the stove and I'm like heat fire, the oldest energy, the first energy. Let's see what it does. Let's see if it eats. So am I on your kitchen counter near the near the flame of the stove? Yeah, I think I've like picked you uh, like I think I've like put out my hand to see if you'll climb into my hand. Do you climb into my hand? Uh, nope, not right now. Okay, then I think I kind of just like try and guide you as best I can onto the counter where I like light the stove. Okay, cool. Um, it's a gas stove. Is that what you said? Yeah. I think that there is no perceptible uh, change that I make to that. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, and and you turning the stove on or off um, has very little effect. There was one time where I kind of like, uh, I like lifted up my sort of fleshy part and sort of like held my fleshy part up to it for a minute, and then put it back down again. And uh, overall, mm. not not like a very strong reaction. Hmm. 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 Okay. So you're particular. You, it's not any. It's not just energy. It's particular energies. Okay. 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 Second option, and I open the freezer. I open the freezer and I turn it all the way down. So there's just that cold air, that freezing air. Mm. If heat did not, if heat, if natural gas heat did not interest you, perhaps artificial cold. Yeah, um, and how far is the refrigerator from the stove? Is it is it pretty close, or is it a ways across the counter? Um, I think it's on the opposite side of the room, so about maybe ten feet. Oh, okay, cool. So it's it's quite a ways. Um, I think when you open the door, my my tendrils kind of like immediately prick towards it, like it just like pick something up from from that. Um, and there's kind of like a hum from the refrigerator coming from that, and uh, I prick towards it and. I scoot along the counter. Um, I kind of like inch towards the edge, but then like once one thing kind of goes over the edge, I kind of scoot back onto the counter again. I don't like fall off. Uh, and I get to where there's, I imagine, I imagine there's kind of a condensation, uh, not condensation, but like a fog from the freezer kind of like billowing out a little bit. And once again, I kind of get as close to it as I can on the opposite counter, and then 
get as close as I, I feel comfortable on the edge and overhang a little bit. And then once again, kind of like lift my fleshy side up to mm-hmm. it and sort of wiggle and feel it a little bit and then go back onto the counter. And I, I, I'm like, hmm, okay, that's something. So it's not mechanical. It's not gas. It's not heat. It's not, and it's, okay, perhaps I am, perhaps I am overgeneralizing. You've, hmm, here's what we'll do. And I pull open my laptop. And I, I pull up my laptop, I hit play on a video, and I just let it run. I plug in the AC adapter, and I just let it run. And I sit back just to see what happens. And where is that located in relation to where I am? Uh, I think it's around the corner and down and down like the, the one sort of one and a half rooms of this apartment. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, yeah, I think as soon as that laptop turns on, once again, hairs prick towards it. Um, and uh, I start moving across the counter towards it in my little inchworm fashion again. Um, and I start like pretty eagerly. And then like you see me kind of slow down and... Um, the sound of my fleshy part, like against the countertop goes from like a smooth sound to like a little bit like rougher. Like it sounds kind of dry. Um, and my motions get a little bit, uh, a little bit labored. They get a little bit, uh, slow and not, not the kind of like techy twitchy kind of like erratic that you saw earlier, but like the way that like, you know, an injured animal would move like very fluidly, but like slow and like, really struggling with its own weight to move it around. Um, and And I I think I rush over to you at that moment. I think, I think I, I, I drop this sort of scientific facade. I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I understand. And I pull out my phone, even as it's malfunctioning and I just kind of put it in front of you. And I'm like, is this, is this what is like, I know, I know this worked earlier. Is this going to work again? Yeah. And the, the hair slick towards it again. Um, and uh, you can see it still like trying to inch towards it. Um, and the, the fleshy part is kind of like losing some of its green color and looking kind of like dry. And I'm like kind of reaching out over the counter and one of my arms kind of like hangs off of the edge sort of limp. And you can see me kind of like barely moving right now, but I can, I clearly don't seem to have enough strength to like actually like move around right now. So then I'm going to like scoop you up, I think. Okay. I think I scoop you up and I put you in front of the computer and I put on the Bluetooth. I put on Wi-Fi and I'm just like something. Focus on something. Mm-hmm. Just focus. Focus uh, and absorb. Let me ask you this. Is there any kind of um, beverage or snack food or anything else on the table around the laptop? Oh, there's definitely like a uh, like a... There's definitely like a, um, like an energy, or there's a, there's a glass, there's a bottle of Soylent. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, so I think, uh, that bottle of Soylent has been sitting there for a little while and it has some, some condensation on the outside. And, uh, I think I'm able to kind of like slowly inch towards it and just sort of like weakly lift one limb and like swipe down the side of the bottle and like get some of that moisture off the side. Um, 
and that part of the skin like kind of starts to regain its color again a little bit and moves a little bit more easily. Water, 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 water. Why did I not think of, why did I not think of, oh my God, I can't. Okay, so I grab like a glass of water and I put it next to you and I'm like, water? Is it water? Is water what you need? Um, so yeah, I, I like, I, I sort of like tap the side of the glass with my tendrils a little bit um, and kind of like try to climb up it, but it just like pulls the water thing down and like spills all over the table. Um, and I sort of slide over to it and just kind of like rest myself in the puddle of water. And then you see the puddle um, underneath it just get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And all of it is just absorbed into my body. Amphibious cyber organism. <laughs> Huh. I can work with that. And I think that's where our scene ends. Indeed. And so now we'll seek we'll secretly mark off one of our final actions. Okay. Okay. Act three. The scientist goes to sleep and awakens to find the creature in a new form. That's right. So I'll start off this one. Um now that I've got some sustenance in me. I'm, I'm, I'm reinvigorated and I've, I feel, I, I obviously look much more active and like spry. Um, and so I start kind of moving around on my own accord and I actually have enough sort of force now where I can, I can like grip things with my fleshy part now. So like I can, I can like get to the edge of your table and like reach around and like grab the leg and like hold on to it a little bit and kind of like squiggle my way down the side of it and onto the floor uh, and I think I'm I'm kind of drawn toward I'm drawn toward whatever version of entertainment center you have what does that look like so my entertainment center is a bunch of boxes of books that I haven't put onto bookshelves mm-hmm. on which is sitting a, a tv right Got it. And like, and is sitting TV and very large speakers, and like, it's it's not so much. It's not a proper entertainment system, and like, I have to pull sometimes pull boxes out from around them. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, I think I sort of lose interest in the laptop after a while. Scoot down the the table leg, kind of inchworm my way over to. Um, where the TV is, and I'm like moving a lot faster now and a lot more, a lot more kind of easily and strongly. Um, and I get over to it, and it just switches on, and it's playing whatever is on TV. Um, and I, I kind of, I kind of spread my tendrils out, kind of fan them out in front of the TV and sort of absorb it for a little bit. And I sit as like, as you're doing that, I open the laptop and I flip on my recording equipment, my, my, my built in webcam. And I just start talking my findings into it. Cool. About how initial research seemed to indicate that it fed that the, what we're calling the ACO ACO seemed to have fed off of, 
electricity signals, wireless signals. That was what it seemed to react to. But mm. then it became apparent that it needed water. It needed to submerge itself in water to be in water. Hence, amphibious cybernetic organism. organism. The possibilities are endless. Obviously, having something that can, that can, I mean, military applications alone, I mean, you've got cybernetic warf, you know, cyber warfare coupled with amphibious warfare, but that's in the future. That's, that's a further application and, and <laughs> that's very narrow, but very lucrative, very, very <laughs> lucrative. This has the possibility to disrupt a lot of things in the best possible way. And we're not there yet, but we will be. And I hit stop recording and I sit just looking at it and just kind of replaying it with my headphones on again and again <laughs> as I'm just thinking over. Yeah, initially I'm just sort of like absorbing, taking in uh, the radiation from the TV. Um, and I'm kind of imagining this TV maybe being like not the slickest flat screen TV ever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe a couple of generations back, maybe kind of big, kind of clunky. Uh, so, yeah. Um, initially, I'm just basking. And then you see me start to wave back and forth. And then, like, the, the overall, like, it looks like someone's, like, messing with all the picture settings of the TV. Like, it's getting really yellow and then really blue and then like, blacks out for a second and then just gets really, really bright for a second, and then it gets to where, like, um, the colors of the screen are, like, swirling around and changing so much, and, and not, like, the whole screen at once, but, like, different areas are moving in different, different ways. And so you can still kind of make out the picture, but it's, like, super psychedelic, and um, things are just kind of swirling into each other, um, and I'm kind of, like, moving in, in concert with it, and all the colors are just, like, swirling around, um, and it's getting really hot. And I'm just watching, I'm watching this happen. And I, I kind of see the, the heat waves forming around it. And I'm like, oh, uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. And I kind of have to like, I, I'm like, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to, I have to click. Heat, bad books. You'll figure it out. The fire. And I kind of point towards the, the stove. Fire, heat, books. And I grab a water bottle out of the, uh, I grab a water bottle out of the fridge and a bowl. And I'm like, change of plans. Um, water. Water. And I kind of offer you the bowl as a place to sit. I'm just like, water? Water? <laughs> oh, I, I really hope it doesn't need anything other than water. Oh, I'm not, I am not, I am not cut out for this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think I... I once again kind of tap on it first. I tap on the side of the bowl and then uh, I start to climb into it and it starts to tip over and I stop. Um, and then I'm able to kind of like lift, like curl my whole fleshy side back and then kind of plop it on top of the bowl top. And so I'm kind of covering the bowl like a mm. lid and I'm not touching the water yet. And then like occasionally um, you'll just see the the center portion of me dip down and like, take a sip and then like go back on top. And then it's kind of like, you can see it kind of pointing my little hairs and tendrils all over the place. Like it's just pointing pointing in different directions. Kind of looks like it's just sort of searching. And, um, I think, 
yeah, I think the next thing is like the lights in your in your apartment. What kind of what kind of lights do you have? You have lamps. Do you have overhead lights? I think they're overhead fluorescent lights that I've kind of drilled into the ceiling. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, I think there are tungsten lights uh, around them, but I've been but I've I've like re like I've I've rigged a bunch of wiring to run like the tube the fluorescent tube lights cool and then is there anything inside of your apartment like are your paranoids paranoias such that you have any kind of like special equipment in your home for uh analyzing things or like blocking certain things or is there any kind of stuff oh, like I've that i've definitely got like i've definitely got like signal blockers and right all kind stuff like that definitely Cool. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I think, I think at first, like you, you see the lights kind of, kind of flicker a little bit and then, you know, that kind of like, uh, metallic tinking sound that like those lights can make when they're turning on and off, they kind of go. Tink, tink, yeah. Tink, tink, tink. Um, so they start kind of, uh, wavering in intensity at first a little bit. And then all of a sudden they just, they like, they all turn off and then you start hearing little ding. And my 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 like little hairs are twitching, and different lights are like flickering on and off in this like semi rhythmic pattern, and making these like little tinkling sounds. Magnificent! You are commu- communication. Actual. I mean, I don't understand it yet, and it might just be that it's very late and I'm very tired, but. Communi- like communication and intention and oh, you are going to be spectacular and I, I i i show you i like kind of you know big a lot of big broad gestures i show you where food is kept and i i kind of take some food out and i crunch on like a malted milk ball to show you like eating <laughs> and like food water and i show you that i pull the sink the the lever on the sink i pull the faucet handle and like water comes up water food bed and i like i i just kind of walk off at like surrounded by these flickering lights and clicking sounds and i just collapse and i am like (sighs) something magical is going to happen (laughs) And so as I rest, it is just in a pile on, on, a, on a bed covered in messed up sheets and <laughs> scientific journals and magazines. Just barely made it. My legs aren't fully on the bed and the bed, there's no, the bed is just there and I'm just out like a light. Cool. Um, I think uh, I did, I, I messed with the lights for a little while and then... Eventually, um, at the end when I was finished, there were just kind of like one or two of them still on, but most of them off. And I take like, I I kind of like bend myself down and take like a big gulp of the water in the bowl and get kind of like the last of it out of there. And then I like arch my back and scoot off onto the ground. Uh, And I sort of like... um, start traveling around the like outer perimeter of your apartment and I, and I'm like kind of following along some sort of like path and you see like, you see me like stop at the electrical outlets and sort of like 
stick some of my little hairs in there and like feel it out and then kind of keep following and, and like traveling around the different areas of the house. And then eventually um, I, I find like a breaker box and there's like a little table underneath it. And so I kind of scoop myself up the table and then like uh, lift my fleshy side up onto the wall next to the breaker box. Um, and uh, I, I, I eventually kind of like settle down and rest and my hairs go limp. And so I'm kind of like my body, like part of me is on the table. The other part of me is like folded up against the wall and I'm just sort of like leaned against the wall uh, and tendrils kind of just like slowly listly moving, but staying still. And that's my, that's my restful state. So now we enter into scene two. Your form is changing. Your transformation will get more and more extreme. Your sensitivity will heighten. And I will describe my reaction to that change. And we will continue until your transformation is complete. Cool. Um, yeah, so I think, I think the whole night passes without incident. Um, and we both, mm-hmm. we both sleep through the night. And it's, it's fairly early in the morning now. Um, you know, it's, it's light out. It's not like, it's not late in the morning. It's like maybe six or seven in the morning. But it is, you know, the whole night has passed. Um, and, uh, the, the first thing that you would notice, um, is that like, there's around the breaker box, there's this kind of like dark area, like, um, not like it would caught fire, but that it, it, like that area got really hot and like, um, like kind of singed some of the paint some of the paints kind of bubbled up a little bit around it and the metal is yep. a little bit blackened, um, and uh, the all of my hairs are much longer, uh, and they're instead of being straight, they're a little bit curly now. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they're they're longer and they're continuing to grow. And I just look at this, and I look at the burns, and I'm just. What's happened? Are you are you hurt? Are you did you, did something happen? Like are you and I like I'm looking at you and trying to see if you're hurt, and I'm looking at the equipment and I'm like, did you absorb something? Did something get hurt? Does somebody know that you're here? Because that would be the worst outcome. If somebody knew you're here, they would come and uh, they can't know you're here. Yeah, and um. I think as you draw closer to me, like you see me take notice and like, I kind of like turn one part of me towards you to kind of like, almost like you'd like turn your head towards a person when they walk in the room. Um, and then I was kind of like still kind of tucked in that corner between the table and the wall and I kind of perk up. And then, um, I look like I'm about to just like flip over and fall off the table hairs down. Um, but instead when I fall off the hairs just kind of like reach out and they can like stand on the ground like legs. Um, and so I can now kind of like Ugh. walk across the floor on these hairs and my fleshy side is exposed. Um, and um, I'm, I kind of like walk over towards you and then walk past you. And then I'm kind of just, uh, uh, I kind of settle in by the TV again and turn it on. Okay. 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 That's normal. And I, I pick up, some of these boxes and I put, I, I actually move the TV, put it on the counter. Cause I know it's going to get very hot. 
and I move some things around and I pile two of the boxes on top <laughs> and I like put them, I offer, I point to it and I'm like, you can sit, you can watch TV. It won't burn down my apartment. <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, I follow it and I keep kind of watching and you don't really see me like manipulating and playing with it as much this time. It's kind of just like TV is just on and I'm kind of just like there. Um, and then, uh, the, the tendrils could start to kind of twist. So instead of it being like hundreds of individual ones, they start to kind of like twist together so that there's now like, I, I picture myself as like having basically like kind of like a five pointed star shape. Mm -hmm. um, so they kind of twist together into like, not like, not very like neat or tidy twists. So they're kind of like mangled and strange and lumpy um, twists mm -hmm. of these fibers that come down one at, out of the end of those legs. So I have five legs of these twisted fibers and there's little coiled ones kind of poking out in different directions. And they're all, they are still kind of like moving independently a little bit. You can see different ones kind of like flicking in one direction when, you know, certain kinds of electrical things happen and paying attention to other things. And so like I twist those together and then like stand up again. Um, I walk over to your wall and my, I kind of like form one of the things into like a, a sharp point and I just stab it into your wall and then I sharpen, make another sharp point out of one and I stab it into your wall and I start just like climbing up your drywall, uh, just like with stabbing motions going in there and I like climb up onto your ceiling, start getting close to your lights and I'm kind of ex examining your wiring and stuff around the lights. And at this point I've given up even trying to like communicate and I'm just watching. <laughs> I'm just following underneath and just like, okay. 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 All right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of dangling from the ceiling next to one of the lights, and you see me kind of like kind of gripping onto the drywall with like with four of my, and then one just starts kind of like stabbing into the wall and like breaking off chunks of the, of the drywall that's making the ceiling part, and you can see like the ex the wires exposed from there. and so i'm like kind of excavating all of the areas inside of your ceiling and exposing all of the like ring inside of the ceiling i think this whole time still my like my my appendages have been growing um, also see on the my kind of fleshy side that's now like exposed um, it's a little bit different color it's more kind of reddish now and uh, it's it's sort of um, like it used to just kind of seem like just a substrate and like all the hairs were doing everything. And now like mm -hmm. the fleshy part seems to be kind of like also moving a little bit and like doing okay. its, own, its own motions. And I just kind of sit, I sit down in a chair and I'm just like, what are you? <laughs> and yeah, I kind of, Expose all the wiring in your ceiling first, and then I go around and I'm like knocking out areas in between your studs and your walls too. And then like after you know maybe like thirty or so minutes, uh, every like pathway where a wire runs inside of your wall, the drywall has been ripped off and they're all exposed. And then uh, I walk over, I walk over to you where you're sitting. I sit down next to you, like I kind of like curl some of my legs under down next to you and then like 
I make this little like gurgling sound inside of my my like fleshy part. I just kind of like little kind of at you, seemingly. And I finally grab like a flashlight, and I start flicking it in Morse code. And I, I in Morse code I spell out Hex Hog like I spell out my name is Hex Hogarth. Mm. Cool. And then. And then I hold the light. I hold the light, and I kind of like don't look directly at it because you don't want to look directly at a flashlight. But I like look at it in generally to see if like a message comes through. I think you stare at it for a minute and nothing happens, and I make another gurgling sound, and uh, then like the light bulb just pops. There's just like one flash of light and it just pops, and uh, I make another gurgling sound. Then I kind of pull one of my appendages out from pointed at you, and then it unravels. And different ones are different thicknesses. Some of them are still very thin. Some of them are thicker than each other. I I unravel that appendage completely, and then I start kind of like twisting and rubbing the the fibers together, and it's making kind of a similar sound as that like very high pitched squeal that I was making initially. But now it's you know they're much longer threads. They're thicker, so it's like a more lower pitched uh, garbled sound and it starts to kind of like tune its, itself in more and more and sound like a little bit more intelligible and mm-hmm. um, I think like you hear you hear like uh, you're not quite sure that you heard it but it, it sounds like close enough to like a human like speech patterns in these vibrations like mixed in with all the chaos uh, you hear the words that you think that you hear are, where is me? And I sit down and I just, I go, and I start, I just start rattling off, you know, you were at Ralph Waldo Emerson. You are on, you are, this is my home. I live here. This is a home. I I live here. This is Earth. This is Al. This is Angel City. This is Ralph Waldo Emerson University. That's where you were born. My name is Hex Hogarth. I made you. All right. So I I don't do anything while you're doing that, and it seems like I'm paying attention my leg back up into a point and stand up and I walk over to your wall near the breaker box uh, where like a lot of different lectures are coming out Um, and I like reach out and like wrap four of my arms around four different like main wires that are coming out of the junction box and then with the top one unravel myself again and then like you can see me like gripping onto the, the electrical wires and then you hear like much more clearly clearly this time, where is me? And I think my transformation is complete there. Okay. And so now we, we finally mark off our last option and we head into our final actions. So uh, our final actions were marked our final actions were marked from one to four. So we're gonna say the, the action and the number, and then based on the number, whoever has the lower numbered action 
whoever's the lower number to action will go first and we'll say how their action goes and then the other person will go and then we will look at the epilogue and define what happens next. So I have chosen option number four, which is release. Ooh, cool. Um, I had option number one, which is transcend. Good. Uh, Perfect. So with that final word that I that I like sp- speak to you with my final arm, um, that that final leg twists up again also and grabs another another wire, and you can see it like twist itself around the wires and then like some of the thinner some of the thinner hairs kind of like split the the like plastic shielding around the wire and like you can see the uh, you can see the tendrils kind of like entering in around where the like kind of like intermingling with the metal from the wires and so they're all twisting up together in with all of these things everything in the whole building is like flickering and flashing and like popping and breaking like the sign out front uh for the bowling alley is like um flashing like crazy all the tvs that are in the bowling alley are like going nuts and some of them have like exploded Uh, and uh yeah i think i've just um, enmeshed myself into this like electrical system and you can see the like fleshy part of me glowing gurgling and it like just continues to like grow and seep and twist itself around more and more of the wires and enmesh itself with this entire building's wiring structure um, and everything's just going completely mad inside. And I just watch it and I sit and I watch and I watch this God being emerge and I sit there and I just mu- start muttering to myself, Oh my god, I was wrong. I knew I was wrong. Oh my god. I can't. I can't. I was gonna use... No. I was... You would be the death of us all if... Um, I... You are something greater than any resource or experiment or anything like that. But the one... I don't know what you are or what you will become, but I know I can't be there because I still feel that urge to push you and to figure out how to use you Mm. and to bend you to my will. Mm. So I can't be here. We can't be. I can't. You have to learn this on your own now. I think that you're ready. I think you've learned everything I can teach you without me destroying you and everyone else on this earth. ACO, or whatever you choose your name to be, (laughs) it is folly for me to assume that I can name you. (laughs) You go spread your tendrils and be the being that you have that you were meant to be that you were put on this earth to be and i am so sorry <laughs> and i walk out the door 
and I abandon my lab and I get into my car and I think the radio <laughs> is malfunctioning and like it is flickering and things are like things are going wild in the car and then like it's only so much of it is that the car is malfunctioning. There's just so much else going on and there are street lights flickering and I just drive. <laughs> I just I have to let this go. Awesome. This is a new life form that is beyond my that is beyond my capabilities. The new era has begun. And so we arrive at our epilogue. You have chosen transcend. I have chosen release. So I'm going to answer the question, what new lesson has the creature taught me? And how do I apply it in my life? I cannot. I've, I have learned that I cannot be trusted oh. with the kinds of power that I was given briefly over ACO. I learned that I cannot, that like, that impulse is, that impulse is there. And it's still there, and I still feel it. I still think about going back. So the way that I apply it is I, like, I, I begin kind of researching. I begin researching how to make something like ACO again, knowing that, knowing that I, I think my new lot in life is going to be making these things figuring out ways to create these life forms, whether it be another ACO or something else entirely, and then leave and just sort of be the wandering <laughs> father of monsters. Awesome. Awesome. It's, it's, it's cool that you've like, you've kind of like turned your paranoia upon yourself. Like you now don't even trust yourself mm -hmm. with this power. Like, no, I do not. That's awesome. That's so, so excellent. Do you remain with the scientist or move on? How does that decision affect your life? Um, so yeah, I think I think that um, I think that I I like sort of when you take off so suddenly, um, I do feel like a little bit drawn to follow you at first, um, and and like I've now like integrated myself into like this entire bowling alley's electrical system, and so like I try to like move one appendage, but one appendage is like now like one fifth of the building's wiring, and so it like kind of gets stuck and and like can't really break and like one wall kind of like splits and cracks. Um, and like for the moment I'm kind of stuck there and I can't really follow you and you kind of like get out of, out of a range where I can't really like, uh, see you anymore. Um, or like detect you anymore. Uh, and, uh, I think that, um, my, my thirst subsides a little bit once I've kind of like, I've kind of pen thoroughly penetrated this one structure and all of its wirings. And I was like, there was like an intense thirst that that quenched. Um, and, uh, but that like biological part of me still stayed basically the same size. Um, and all the rest of me is now like hugely lugubrious. And so um, I think I try to, I think from then on what I try to do is find a way that I can um, release some part of my like biology and structure to like get out and integrate into something else. But mm. the more I try to do that, like I, I can't, I can't figure out a way to like split off part of myself or like, you know, I have nothing to reproduce with. And so like my biological part sort of like, turns sort of grayish again and it's still like functioning, but then kind of like just becomes the, the like 
the servant of the technological part of it. And it, it, mm -hmm. it, it kind of, uh, dominates my decisions from then on. And I, it doesn't really have mm. any, like, uh, it doesn't have the same kind of like playfulness or curiosity that it have it now. It now is, um, just sort of like hungrily seeking out more electricity and more power and, and mm -hmm. like growing, growing larger. And that one part still stays kind of like gray and dormant. <sighs> I think that I think the outside world has to learn, right? I think this as this apartment complex is taken over and then yeah. eventually like this I think I think it has to come out and I think that I if if I may, I may I have a pitch for sort of the closing visual Ooh, of this. I think it is literally like those street lights are flickering as I drive off and then suddenly all across Ralph Waldo Emerson University, every cell phone screen, every tablet screen, flashes bright white, shuts off, comes back on, chunks of it are burnt out. <laughs> and just the words, where are me, mm, cool. have appeared on every single screen across <laughs> the entire university. And that's, that's great. And that's game. That was amazing. That oh, was man, so good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That thank was so you. awesome. This was a too. blast. That was Oh, that was super good. Spectacular. Oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was an absolute delight. Oh, me too. Yeah, I know. And, and I credit you so much for that because you hit us up a while ago about this and I was in the midst of a, uh, a point in my life where I could not do anything of my own uh, decision. And then you featured back out later, even though I was like totally half-assed and came through. So I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, hey, no that. problem. I, so awesome. No problem. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find Secret Orbit and the Atom of Your Labors online? Well, I think uh, as this was a co-designed game with my wife and design partner, I think uh, I've I've left her out of this uh podcast too much so far so i, I want to actually bring her in here and let her sort of answer yeah, the last please. couple if that's cool that sounds great all right hold tight here she comes hello hello hey how cool is this hey <laughs> you sound you sound great you sound good you sound great too jeff thank you <laughs> so real quick before we wrap up the show, introduce yourself to the audience at home, and then let them know where they can find you, where they can find Secret Orbit, and where they can find the Atom of Your Labors online. Uh, great. Yeah, this is Amber Dean, the other part of Secret Orbit Studios. You can find us online uh, on Twitter, at Secret Orbit Studios. Oh, just kidding. Not that part. Just at Secret Orbit. Um, yeah, that's only, mostly where you can find us, and... Um, we have a bunch of games out right now, and Adam of Your Labors is in uh, the anthology that Rick mentioned before. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the show. I super appreciate it. And now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. See, please. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Rick for coming on to the show. That game was creepy and unsettling and just brilliant. Top to bottom brilliant. Be sure to follow Secret Orbit Studios on Twitter, at Secret Orbit. And be sure to check out you and I, Role Playing Games for Two, which you can find a link to in the show notes below. Then, after you followed Secret Orbit on Twitter, you should follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show, Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. And support the podcasting, game design, and all the other cool stuff that I do at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. 
If you enjoyed this show, let me tell you about another podcast I think you'll really dig called All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano, Saez, and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Slugger. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates or about coming onto the show, you can shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. Party on, everybody.